Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey everybody, welcome to Best Show Bests, the best of the best show. And you can find out more about The Best Show over at thebestshow.net. It airs live every Tuesday night from 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. And if you're new to the program, this show, are uh, these are little bite-sized bits and greatest hits type samples of what we do every week. So if you like this, maybe you check out the full show. And if you want to support The Best Show, we have a Patreon set up over at patreon.com slash thebestshow. That is how you support the program. It is listener-sponsored now, and you give what you can, and we appreciate it. And there are prizes and benefits at all different levels of giving. So again, go to patreon.com slash thebestshow and support the show. And now please, without further ado... Check out this episode of Best Show Bests. Best Show. Hey, Tom. It's Ortho Billings from the East Newbridge Junior High Junior Gazette. It's now okay. I know it's not the greatest time for you, but I'm really on deadline. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey, uh, well, let me just say, Ortho, just uh, <coughs> for anybody listening who might not have context on on this. Um, Back in, I think it was like August, I had talked to uh, the the young man who's on the line right now, Ortho Billings, about doing an interview for the Eastbridge Junior... Not the Eastbridge. It's my school. How am I getting it wrong? The East Newbridge Junior High student newspaper. Because, I mean, I went to East Newbridge Junior High, and I guess I'd call it my alma mater. And it's, uh, you know, I really wanted to do the interview, but it's just, it's been so hard and so busy finding a good time that worked that we, I figured we could do it on the air tonight if, uh, if Ortho was able to call up and if we could keep it kind of relatively short. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah. So can I just ask Ortho, that's a, that's a very unique name. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, well, uh, my parents felt the need to announce to the world just how well-read they are by naming me after a minor character from Infinite Jest. Oh, wow. The, that's the uh, David Foster Wallace book. It's like 1,200. Yeah, it's, um, it's a long book. So it's from like 1996, I think. Right? That's correct, yeah. And I, I should mention, it's a novel that neither parent read beyond page 97. Oh, wow, because it is a huge book. Super long. Yeah. Like, seven, I thought it was like 1,200. It's not, it's longer, it's... Oh, it might be, it might be. I, I know it's really long. <laughs> I know they don't know how long it okay. is. Okay, yeah. So they, yeah. they didn't yeah. get... Oh, and also, it must have slipped their minds that there's also a widely known pest control company called Ortho. Uh-huh. Ugh, yeah, that, that makes it a little, uh, that, that must be pretty tough. What, being called Bug Boy since first grade? <laughs> no, that's, 
messed up is having to see my dad's constant tweets about moving the family to Canada when Trump is sworn in in January. Yeah. I mean, that's something a lot of people uh, have been saying. I mean, do you think he would actually go through with it? Oh, God, no. No, by January, his fantasy football league will be in full swing. And this will be so far on the back burner, it's not even going to be on the stove. Uh-huh. Yeah. Same with my mother's grief. With your mother's grief? Yeah. Oh, did, did, did she lose somebody? Uh, oh, yeah, that? yeah. Yeah, she lost some dear friends. Uh, Leonard Cohen and Leon Russell. But your mother was friends with Leon Russell and Leonard Cohen? Oh, God, no. No, but that didn't stop her from wailing hysterically about them on Facebook and Twitter. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, and I should mention that in my 13 years on Earth, I've yet to hear a Leonard Cohen or a Leon Russell song played in this house or in my mom's car. So, what? What can I ask your mom... You. What is your mom's Twitter uh, handle? Are you ready? Uh-huh. At East Newbridge Mom Rocks. Hey, hold on. I gotta see this. Okay. Here it is. Hmm. Wow. You're, uh... That's your mom. I don't want to be too, uh... Insulted... No, what a rip. Well, no, she it's it, she has a way of kind of making every major news event kind of about her. Oh, yeah, she sure does. And, but I'll tell you what my favorite ones are. What's that? My favorite ones are when she, she implores people to donate to a charity by saying that she has just donated to the charity and then mentioning how much she just donated to the charity. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't want to keep that secret, right? Uh-huh. About uh, how much you're donating to a charity? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, whoa, here's the final. Bleep you, 2016, you garbage year. End already. Mm. What a deep thinker my mother is. Oh, yes, come to us, 2017, you magical year in which 70-year-old musicians and actors who party like Caligula will miraculously escape death. Come to us now. Yeah, it's it's hard because it's like, look, I understand when people care about someone and like someone and they and someone passes away. But there just is a thing where. I mean, it's like, look, Leonard, we were, people were lucky Leonard Cohen was 82. Right? And it's just like, I think we might, we should be appreciate, maybe appreciate the 82 years that we got from him rather than it's it's just the unfortunate truth that an 82-year-old guy is going to just, you know, he was not in great health. Right? We're talking about human bodies here. They don't last forever. It's hard. Yeah. It's 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 uh, it's the way it it's it's the way it is. Right? Yeah. I'm I I'm with you, Ortho. I I mean I I don't I you know. I got to say you seem like a pretty smart uh tuned in kid. Oh, uh, thanks. You know, and like no offense to your parents who you know. 
But it's, it seems like the roles might be a little, I don't want to say reversed in your family, but. Maybe, oh, you know, maybe, I never really thought about it like maybe, that. Kinda, maybe kind of. But I guess it's true. Okay. It kind of reminds me of that last episode of the Brady Bunch. The last episode of the Brady Bunch. Yeah. I mean, I know the last episode of the Brady Bunch is the one where uh, Bobby Brady dyes Greg's hair orange by accident, which which always seemed like a very strange episode for the series to end on. Oh, dear, sweet, naive Tom. There was one episode after that. It uh, only aired once. There was one episode of the Brady Bunch after the one I... Just reference with the orange hair. Yes, yes. My step-uncle Steve showed it to me once. It was two hours long. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you, Iggy Pop is especially great in it. Wait, Iggy Pop? Yeah. Iggy Pop is in the final episode of The Brady Bunch? Yes, sir. I can't. See, this is see what happened was the Stooges, they broke up in February of that year. It was 1974. Mm-hmm. And Clive Davis, you know, the head of Columbia Records? Sure. Who, who the Stooges were signed to at that point. He was really good friends with Brady Bunch producer Sherwood Schwartz. Mm-hmm. They were golfing buddies. Oh, okay. Yeah, and as a favor to Clive, Sherwood agreed to cast Iggy as Mike Brady's ne'er-do-well kid brother, Skippy Brady. So, really? Yeah. And here's how it, here's how it goes. Skippy is AWOL from the Marines. Okay, all right. And he needs to lay low for a while before hightailing it down to Mexico, where he's going to hook up with some bad hombres to make bathtub crank. Oh, you're really, I don't really, I'm not nuts about you saying things like that. Like using oh, words. fair enough, sir. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, this this sounds insane, this episode you're describing. Oh, my God, it is. You know, it was written by Paul Schrader just a year before he wrote his first film, The Yakuza. So, <coughs> Paul Schrader wrote the final episode of The Brady Bunch. Yeah, he was just kind of getting into the biz. The guy who went on to write Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. And did he do Hardcore? He did, yes. Yeah, yeah. that's my daughter. Yeah, he... A f- only a few years earlier, he wrote the final episode of The Brady Bunch. I guess you take work where and when you can get it, right? I know that. I know the story of that. I know. Oh, I heard you wrote some uh, episodes of, oh, what was the show? Oh, it was that show that, uh, it was the comedian that everybody hates starred in. The comedian? Sinbad. Wait, I the wrote... Sins of Sinbad. Didn't you write some on that? Did I write for The Sins of Sinbad? No. Yes. I, I, it was I, like an erotic sitcom. I never wrote for an erotic sitcom starring Sinbad. Oh. No, that sounds... I've never heard of it. I, I, now I want to see it. And i got to take that off my question list. Oh, okay, because mm-hmm. yeah, we, we do have to get to our interview at some of point. Course, but, of but course. But I do want to hear more about this final episode of The Brady Bunch, Ortho. Can you walk me through it a little bit? Sure. So, Mike and Carol Brady, they go out for dinner to celebrate their anniversary. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's really romantic. It's really sweet. Lots of flashbacks to, like, previous 70s 
scenes where they were kind of lovey-dovey, you know, and things that they had to overcome mm -hmm. in their marriage. Okay. You know, and, but all the while the kids have planned a really big surprise party for when they come back home, and when they do get home, Mike turns on the lights, and everyone yells surprise, and the house is just decked out like a big party. Mm-hmm. And the house is also packed with just about every guest that was ever on the show. Vincent Price, Joe Namath, Don Drysdale, uh, who else? Davy Jones, uh, Desi Arnaz Jr. 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 Yeah. He's like a general who was a junior. I sound like Andy Kindler, don't I? Well, I guess if you kept talking about it. That's true, and I would have said something like, why do they call them greats? They're not great. They're not, yes, and and then if we never got back to what we were talking about. Exactly, and then I started saying like something like, Jay Leno has a new, has a car that runs only on not paying, I've already blown it. Jay Leno has a car that runs on not using his Tonight Show money. <laughs> yes. If he just talk about, uh, if he just said a thing, it's just like, why do they call it the, the with Jay Leno on it? It's the Tonight Show, but it it was sometimes it felt like it was four days long, like it should be called the the four day long with no bathroom break show. <laughs> He's the best. He really is the best, and he'll actually be in New York this uh, this Saturday. I think he's doing a, two shows this weekend. He, where? Union Hall, maybe? Oh, my uh, God, that's big time. Maybe I can sneak out of the house. Well, ortho, I don't know what the age uh, restrictions are, but... So, so wait, you said... De before we... Desi Arnaz oh, I, was, I was naming who was on the show. Yeah. Um, even astronaut James McDivitt was on there. Wow. He was on the UFO episode. Okay. As well as the unforgettable Brady Bunch characters that we came to know and love. Like the Tiki Kids, uh, Margie Whipple... Harvey Klinger, Buddy Hinton, Doug Simpson, uh, Ralph Hinton, Jethro Collins, Mrs. Hinton, uh, Tank Gates, who of course was played by the great Denny Miller, who would go on to be the face of Gorgeous of Gluster seafood products. Huh. I did not yeah. know that. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, Greg's band, the, the Banana Convention, played. Uh, Dr. Vogel, Mrs. Tuttle, Penelope Fletcher, Muriel Sinclair, Man at Counter. You know, to name just a couple. Yeah, wow. A real, a real who's who of Brady Bunch greats. Really great stuff. <laughs> really came out to that party to honor, like, hey, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Man at Counter came out to the surprise party. Actually, I'm sorry, it was Man at Counter too. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Anywho, you know, everyone's having a great time and, and Iggy, as Skippy, he does a song backed by Greg and Peter and Bobby Uh-huh They're playing instruments, bass, guitar, and drums Okay They do I Got Nothing Which, of course, showed up years later on the Kill City album that he did with James Williamson Yeah, well, that was his post-Stooges Yeah, okay so, that, that's so the he's going nuts, and at one point, Skippy smears lava from Peter's volcano all over his chest, and he slides down that iconic railing that goes you know, from upstairs to the living room, Yeah. and he, when he comes down, he even cuts himself on the chest with shards of the family's beloved silver platter, 
which he shattered earlier in the song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And the song ends up with him wrapping himself in, in these very important blueprints that Mike was working on, and then he dives directly into this huge, full table of meats that Sam had laid out. Wow, that is crazy. Sick, right? Yeah. But I'll tell you what. What? The second hour is even more insane. The second hour? Yes, it's two hours long. And this part, it makes Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf look like Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. How does a 13-year-old in 2016 know... Bob and Carol and Ted and I barely know what that is or who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm kind of talking to myself ortho. I do that too. Yeah. Go go ahead. I didn't mean to. So it turns out that Skippy has dosed the tang that astronaut McDivitt brought. Yeah. With flagrant Owsley grade orange sunshine. LSD. (laughs) Yeah. And as you can imagine, everyone starts tripping their B's and V's off. All right. And at first it's funny, right? You know, Wavy Gravy even shows up to guide the Brady kids through their trips. All right. He was just walking by the house when he heard all this partying, which I got to be honest is a bit of a stretch on Schrader's part, don't you think? Well, look, I'm, I'm not as caught up on how he got Wavy Gravy into the house as that what I think you're saying is that the Brady children were on acid in this episode. Oh, yeah. Everybody got dosed. The kids were flipping on doses. Uh-huh. But then things turned really ugly, Tom. Uh-huh. How, how so? Well, the vibe just turns black, and this really trippy iron butterfly instrumental starts playing. Yeah. And the kids start screaming. And then Jan says that she sees Peter melting in front of her. And then he gets super scared, and he stabs Wavy Gravy, and then Peter strips his own clothes off, and he jumps off the carport roof. Uh-huh. And as he's jumping, as he's falling, he yells, that drum solo sounds so freaking far out, I want to take it with me. Which, of course, was later used uh, in a Raymond Pettibon drawing that showed up on Double Nickels on the Dime. Okay. And at this point... Uh-huh. Mike and Carol, they're locked in this simmering, super deep, really dark back and forth about their marriage. Mm-hmm. He goes, I know that you wish your husband was still alive. And then she, Carol says that Mike moans his widow's name every time they make love every night. Uh-huh. And then they start screaming at each other. Yeah. And it comes out that Carol and Alice might have something going on. What? Really weird, right? And that leads Sam the Butcher to go into this crazy, violent rage. Yeah. And then he picks up this meat cleaver and he starts waving it around over his head. And by this point, the kids are just terrified. And then Joe Namath comes over and he tries to get the cleaver away from Sam. And Tom... Hi everybody, Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here too. 
Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. Sam ends up cutting Joe's hand off and then he starts eating it. It's sick and then everyone starts joining in and they're all eating Joe Namath alive. Can you even imagine his screams, Tom? Can you even begin to, like, I don't know, imitate what he would sound like in such a situation? What Joe Namath would sound like getting eaten alive? Yes. There's no way you could even come close to imitating it. Help. Help. I believe I'm being eaten alive. My hand was chopped off by Sam the Butcher. That That was my football hand. Now I'm being eaten alive by the... By this family. Help. Can you put Mike on for a second? What, what do you... I'll call out to him. Or I gotta something. ask him something. I'll, I'll ask him. I'll relay it. Can you ask Mike if you, Tom, were just now playing a, a Joe Namath horror record? Um, Mike, was I playing a Joe Namath horror record? No. I wasn't. Mike said. Okay, well that answers that question. I gotta say that was a tremendous impersonation of a pro quarterback in agony. Well, why, why thank you. Do you do any other quarterbacks in agony? Um, I don't know if I have any other quarterbacks in agony. Um, okay. maybe, um, I guess I could think of what, like, uh. Oh, uh, any music people? In agony? Like any music people in agony, like, like uh, do, can you do? Oh man, can you do Van Morrison getting eaten alive? Van Morrison getting eaten alive would. What would that be like? He'd be like, "Oh no, I don't know," right? Like, yes. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I don't know. Eat me alive. Right? That's perfect, man. I don't know. Eat me alive. Oh, no. There goes my arm. Eating me alive. Now I'm wondering if, like, there's a CD in that new box set that's called Van Morrison Eating Alive at the Roxy. There's not. There's not. I, well, if there is, I don't have it here. Okay, could you get it? You mean, could I go buy it? Yes. Some, I guess if it existed, I could. Sure. Okay. I could buy anything, uh, theoretically, that I had That's the money for. That's how commerce for. works, I guess, when you think about it. That's how what works? Commerce. Commerce. That is how commerce works. That you can you can buy things you want. You can buy things you want. Who does that song? Who does the song, You Can Buy Things You Want? Yeah, my dad plays it. But ABC, is it? I don't know. You can buy things you want. I don't know either. Yeah, ortho, I'm but not look, sure. Anyway, getting back to this episode. Yeah. It's utter mayhem at this point. Everyone's screaming at each other. Tears, blood, other fluids shooting and flowing everywhere. Ugh. It's so damn sick, Tom. But I'll tell you, Laszlo Kovac's camera work on this last scene is just insane. It's uh-huh. pure genius. Lazo Kovacs. Yes. Where? How do I know that name? 
Oh, he did Easy Rider. Oh, he shot was, it. Okay, he was the DP for Easy Rider. Yeah, and yeah. They, so they got and him. it's like he's taking us directly to hell in this thing. Uh huh. And as the lights get dimmer and dimmer, yeah, and thing, things descend further and further into sick madness. Mm hmm. All of a sudden, Jack Klugman slouches into frame, and he tells the viewer to stay tuned for a very special odd couple. Okay. Weird. And then he starts beating Skippy over the head with his ball cap as it fades to black. Kind of takes you out of the drama of the whole thing, but I guess that's the way they did it back then, right? It's, uh, what are those called? Leads? Yeah, like a little teaser, I guess, for the... Yeah. Wow. Pretty crazy. Uh-huh. And... You can see why they only aired it once, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's the most insane thing I've ever ever heard. Um But wait. You you said earlier in the episode that the kids and parents changed roles? Oh, you know what? I was thinking when I said that I was thinking of the final episode of The Waltons. Okay. It only aired once. Yeah. You don't remember this? The final episode of The Waltons, no. Yeah, yeah. John Boy becomes a flagrant serial killer killer. Uh, okay. Yeah, he starts killing serial killers. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, you know what, Ortho, we're, that's, uh, we'll have to save that one for another time. Um, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, you know, speaking of TV, yeah. I heard that... that uh, Donald Trump pitched several jokes to Weekend Update this week. He did. Yeah. You know, he's really up in arms about how what he sees as being treated really unfairly by Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it turns out he submitted jokes to SNL via Jake Fogelness' email account. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He made Chris Christie hack into it. Uh, wow. It was big news today on MSNBC. I, I did not hear this. So this yeah, Chris is, Jansen was talking about it. So he sent in jokes. Yeah. Do you know what the jokes are? Let me hang on. Let me let me pull them up. Oh, yeah, hey there. Uh, well, the first one is Donald Trump started. Sorry, Donald Trump stated today that conflicts of interest that he had before becoming president are meaningless because people knew that he was a businessman before he became president. I guess people should have voted for a guy managing the night shift at a gas station if they wanted a businessman with no conflict of interest. Wait, that's the whole joke? That's it, yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, Let's see what else. Today it was announced that Donald Trump settled his lawsuit with losers who are complaining that Trump University was fraudulent, which is not true. It's not. Many people achieve so much from studying at Trump University. So many people. It's true. That's, that's, all, that's, a, that's not even a joke. That's awful. All right, well, let's try one more. Vince Neal announced that he won't be performing at the inauguration of Donald Trump, but claimed he was booked to play at the event no matter who was elected. It's great to see that the one thing that crosses party lines is the singer of songs like Slice of Your Pie and She Goes Down. <laughs> <That's>... <coughs> that one is actually pretty good. That's actually a pretty good joke. 
Yeah, it says here that uh, apparently Pence wrote that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess he used to write for Home Improvement. My, Mike Pence was a writer for Home Improvement? I think so. Like a staff writer? I think so, yeah. I think he did that after he was the, the model for those those action figures. What action figures? I think it was like a G.I. Joe sort of spinoff. He was like Commander Reynolds. And it was modeled after Mike Pence? Yeah, doesn't he look just like a Commander Reynolds kind of action figure? He looks like the like an action figure for like the like an evil general. Who would like He does. Who would like turn on like he would yeah that's like it but i can see that he's got that kind of that's like the most normal looking abnormal look ever he, right like he looks like an evil guy whose name would be like john jackson yeah bill reynolds i don't want i don't want to um um Sully, the name of John Jackson, the guitar player from the Bob Dylan band in the early nineties. Uh huh. Yeah, you okay. would. You're not. Well, I guess we can make it clear, Ortho. You're not. You're. You did not mean to link him. Just want that on the record. Sure. That's all. Fair enough. Well, you know what? Actually, this is all interesting stuff you're you're talking about. Weird, we, wild stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, a little weird reference from a middle schooler. Um. But um, we really should get back to the interview you were going to do. Oh, yeah, let's get, let's get to it, okay? Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um, as a broadcaster, what is your responsibility to maintain an honest voice on the show that remains true to your actual values? Huh. Wow, that's a... That's a... That's a uh, legit question um <clears throat> i guess i would say um my responsibility is that i i can that i uh, do the show with uh integrity and even though it's f funny the goal is to be funny with it's it, we also should be funny with uh with just a a, a little bit of uh purpose not just okay. not just That's making great. jokes. Okay. okay. Um where is the line when it comes to a caller opening up about their personal life in relation to comedy? Um for, for example, if someone called up and talked about something they were going through that was funny but could also be hurtful to them down the road, do you think it's your responsibility to censor them for their own good? think it's their own huh wow these are heavy duty questions i guess i would say uh, my, my general philosophy with the show is not that we <clears throat> it doesn't exist to make anybody a laughing stock i mean i i think it would come down to if people if people were having fun if the person was having fun with talking about something that they were going through, even if they knew it was embarrassing or, or cringeworthy or whatever you want to call it, if they felt that it was something that didn't diminish them, then I, I guess I'd be okay with that. But if they if they were 
starting to do something that would be hurtful to them, I would I would uh, intervene, and I would not want that on the air. Okay. Well, here's a lighter one. Does having so much of your personality tied to the best show and the attitudes that you express on the best show ever compromise anything in your personal life? I mean, for example, there have got to be friends or acquaintances who you've gotten to be closer to because of your on-air stature, but at some point, the on-air stature and the off-air versions of yourself must create a jarring dichotomy that makes it hard for them to always know where you're coming from, especially in terms of things that upset you and offend you, leading to burn bridges in the real world that seemingly don't bother you on the air. I was wondering if you could give a concise answer to that. Oh, Oh my God, that's like, wow. That's a, that's a, whoa. I, um, hmm. I guess I would say that the the version of me on air uh, versus off air is, is not, maybe not as far apart as you might think and that I try to be consistent with what would upset me on either side of it, but I think anybody would have inconsistencies with that. So I kind of can only speak for myself and not for how friends or acquaintances would, how they would respond to it. Like, is that, yeah. Wow. That's the best I can answer that. All right. Okay. Fair enough. And, um, and finally, how does it feel to know that your chronic and seemingly incurable case of blowharditis has had such a negative impact on your listeners and your listeners' offspring. Wait, what? I don't even know what kind of question that is. Like, what? What is? What is that? What is that question about? You don't know who this is, do you? Yeah, it's. it's you said your name was Ortho. Um, what? Ortho Billings. That last name ring a bell? Billings. No, no, it, it it actually doesn't. My dad is Pete Billings. All right. Pete Billings from East Newbridge? Um I I don't know who I don't know who Pete Billings from East Newbridge is. Oh well. You ruin a whole family's life, and you have no memory of it. Um, I gotta say, I have n- no idea what you're talking about. Look, you voice-modulating bastard. I-, I mean, how dare you? How dare you say something like that? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we gotta, can we stop this? Because the, there, there clearly is no ortho billings. This has to be Pete Billings, right? Yeah. Well, Pete, I gotta say, I, I have no idea who you are, and I what I have no idea what this is all about. All right, let me walk you back. All right. Mm-hmm. All the way back to October twenty eighth, two thousand and three. 
you're going on and on about the band Yes. All about them. And I called in to take you to task for saying that the Buggles were once in Yes. Uh-huh, yeah, which is true. Well, look, I'm not a prod know-it-all, all right? I thought you were making that up. I didn't know they'd actually been in Yes. Who would know that? Well, I mean, it was a album drama was a pretty popular album in this i'd never heard of it uh-huh and i'll tell you what man what? that night yeah you lit into me so hard and you were so belittling to me you even called me a flaming yes com poop pete i i i i don't remember any of this i mean i'm sorry if i hurt your feelings Feeling schmealings. It was my relationship with little Ortho that was ruined that night. Wait, so there is there is an Ortho? Yes, yeah, and he's 13 now. Well, see, I knew you wouldn't let me call in as an adult male yeah. because it's no man calls in fall 2016, so I, I pretended I was him. Wait, what did you say it was? No man calls in fall? No, it's No Dude Vember for the month oh. of November. We're doing I must that. have written it down wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, well look, irregardless, yeah. Ortho was in the room that night, and he's never been the same after hearing his father humiliated like that. I'll tell you what, he's been a real monster ever since, if you want to know the truth. But he was how old? Three at the yeah. time? Yeah. I mean, there's no way you can pin his current behavior on me because of that. You can't blame me for that. Well, what do you want me to blame it on? The bootleg gorilla growth, growth hormone I've been feeding him all that summer? Uh-huh. Well, wait. What, you, you actually gave your kid gorilla growth hormone? Bootleg gorilla growth hormone. Uh-huh. Okay. Bootleg. So you, you didn't even... I'm not even going to get into the... To, the apparently... You don't get look. You don't give your kid any gorilla growth hormone, let alone. Well, I know that now. Yeah, let alone bootleg. So you you didn't even have I, the decency. I couldn't to, afford the good stuff. Yeah, to go get. Well, you shouldn't worry about affording any of it. I don't know why you would give your kid any sort of growth hormone, let alone gorilla growth hormone. For I figured a, gorilla growth was was the way to go. Well, I you figured wrong because it's. That's the, that's a ter it's a child. Oh great! Yeah, what? Oh no! Now you've done it. What's that? You must have woken him up, son. Oh no, he's coming. Wait. Son, I'm sorry. Son, I'm sorry. We, we woke you. It was Tom. That awful Tom Sharpley. He woke you. No, relax. Is that, that's Ortho. Stay back. No, stay back. Stay back. Stay back, son. That's your son. Oh, he's okay now. Oh, no! Oh, my God. No, son! Son, no! Ah! Oh, my God. I think that might be it for Pete Billings. Jeepers creepers. That's bad news. Thanks again for listening to Best Show Best. 
And I want to thank Martin DeGrell for supervising the episodes of Best Show Best. And of course, much thanks to Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Martin Sellis, Brendan McDonald, AP Mike, and of course, John Worcester. Uh, who else? Uh, uh, Marsha Newmeyer. And uh, yeah, you! The best show listener. Thank you. And if you like this, check out the full show every Tuesday night from 9 p.m. to midnight at thebestshow.net. And support the best show, patreon.com slash thebestshow. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>